Today's episode is called Tapped into Resurrection Power. Happy Easter, by the way. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Today, we're going to be talking about that resurrection and what it means to us now. Hey, it's Amber L.B. Swenson, wife, mother, worrier, overthinker, type A, holding on to God and his promises to get me through the day. Thanks for joining me to explore everyday issues from a biblical perspective so we can all know and love God more. So I am going through the book of Ephesians for the second time in a year. Yep, you got that right. I didn't get it all the first time, so I'm going through it a second time. And it's really a neat experience because the first time we really um, read through commentaries and tried to get to the heart of what the Apostle Paul, who wrote the book of Ephesians, we tried to get to the heart of what he was saying to the Ephesians congregation. And then... Now, going through it the second time, we're really looking at how can we apply this to our life? What would God have us do now that we have this message? It's a really neat thing to do. I've never gone through a book of the Bible like this before, but it has definitely been spiritually rewarding in so many ways. So the Apostle Paul in chapter 1 writes to the Ephesian church, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So let me just ask you, On any given day, how dead do you feel? Are you weary? Or do you mostly find yourself full of zest? Are you more overwhelmed or on point? Are you ready to face the day? Or are you crawling out of bed feeling half day before the day even begins? Half dead before the day even begins. Paul's prayer is for hope, riches, and resurrection power. So let's just break that down. First, I want you to imagine the disciples on Good Friday. So no doubt they did not understand this whole Jesus thing. They had been following him for three years, and God bless them. I'm so thankful we have the Gospels so that we see, you know, what they were thinking and what they were feeling, because so often we have the wrong ideas, too, about Jesus. And they were still waiting for this physical, earthly king. And death was really not part of the plan. Here they watched this man who they had followed and put their hope and their trust in, be cruelly beaten and horrifically crucified. And it led them to locking themselves away, apart from the world, scared to death, paralyzed, unable to go forward, not knowing what the plan was. And if we're honest, a lot of us are trapped in a Good Friday mentality. We are not seeing Jesus the way he ought to be seen. And I'm going to explain that. 
We're still waiting for God to give us all the things that we think will bring us happiness on earth, like success, relationships, um, achievement, money, status. And when we don't have those things, when our life doesn't look the way we think it looks, even after we've prayed to God and we're following God and we've given our life to doing his work and yet, you know, we don't have any success. Our relationships are, you know, on edge. We're uh, struggling to get by month to month with our bills. And a lot of times we shut the doors. We hide away. We hope our prayers will unlock something worldly for us to put our hope in. And the Apostle Paul tells us that's not the hope that we're called to. Paul prays that we understand the sure and certain hope we have of eternal life. And that is going to impact everything. Is your house going to last forever? Your yard? Your figure? Your achievements? You know, I have found in the process of writing, I think I've written six or seven books now, but in the process of writing books and and bringing them to completion, you would think that there is just this massive sense of achievement when you finish. And to some degree, there is. But mostly, you already have the next project waiting for you. And it's just a matter of going to the next thing. So anytime that we think we are going to find this massive fulfillment from something that is worldly, we're usually setting ourselves up to be disappointed. Our expectations are dashed. Eternity is forever. And that's why Jesus said, where are you going to put your treasure? He said, don't store up for yourself things that rot and that thieves can take away or that moths can destroy. Instead, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, the things that will last for all eternity, the family members, the neighbors, the people in our lives, our coworkers that don't know about Jesus, bringing them the word of God planting those seeds, that can result in faith that results in them being in heaven for eternity. That is the hope that we are called to have. We are called to remember that we have an eternity with God forever in heaven. And that brings us to the riches of his inheritance in the saints. We are so like crows We're just looking at the next shiny thing. We're chasing after all the things that don't really matter. What is the value of your inheritance? It is far more than money. We're talking about eternity with God and all believers in heaven, in the presence of God for all eternity. And I really think we don't spend enough time thinking about that. I was reading the book of Isaiah late at night a couple nights ago. I couldn't sleep. I got out of bed, and I've been reading through the book of Isaiah anyway. And so I was on Isaiah chapter 35, and I came across verses 8 through 10. And they really stopped me in my tracks. This is what they say. And a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor any ravenous beast. They will not be found there. But only the redeemed will walk there. 
and those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing, everlasting joy with crowns on their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. I read that, and next to it I wrote one word, homesick. It made me homesick for eternity. Isaiah was talking there about the captives returning from Babylon, but it also no doubt foreshadows heaven and being there with everlasting joy and a crown on her head and gladness and joy and no sorrow, no sighing, being there forever in the way of holiness. Mercy Me had a song that they released many years ago. It was called Homesick. And the refrain said, if home is where my heart is, then I'm out of place. Lord, won't you give me strength to make it through somehow? I've never been more homesick than now. When heaven is our home, and when we're looking forward to our glorious inheritance, sometimes we can get homesick. In the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon said that God has set eternity in the human heart. He made sure that we're longing for that. And it's ours in Christ. How does that change how we live? Listen, I'm not living for the here and now. All these things that I think I need and I think I want, whether it is achievement or success or more money or a perfect figure or, or clothes or a new car or, or whatever it is, it A, is all going to pass away. And B, it doesn't even come close to comparing to what I have waiting for me in heaven. When I get to heaven, I'm going to think, why did I even care about any of that nonsense? Why did I get so caught up in things that had zero to do with eternity? So I think, it, you know, if, if the Apostle Paul prayed for this, boy, if we can wrap our minds around this, the hope that we have in Christ, the riches of his glorious inheritance that is waiting for us in heaven, and then his incomparably great power, the same power that was exerted in Christ when he was raised from the dead. Okay, we're going to get real for a minute. Jesus was dead, dead, Good Friday, dead, carried to the tomb, dead, lifeless dead. I'm just going to ask you, what in your past has hurt you so deeply that you are trapped in a body that is all but dead? Emotionally paralyzed, criticized into thinking you are worthless? What has got you feeling completely and totally ineffective? And I want you to stop right now. Acknowledge the hurt. Name it. Call it out. Because you can't change your past. But you don't have to let it keep you in the tomb. When Jesus rose, he had scarred hands. His hands bore 
the testimony of all the pain that he had been through. But he didn't stay dead. He rose victoriously. Armin Panning, who wrote the People's Bible Book of Ephesians, says, All Christ's power is now used for one grand purpose, the good of all the church, which consists of the sum total of all believers. In other words, Jesus' absolute power is now at work in us to do his work. His resurrection power frees us from all that would hold us down. And listen, I'm telling you, I have had some hurt in my life that has been holding me down. It has been paralyzing me. It has been keeping me in the tomb. In Colossians 3, we're told, Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Whatever hurts you hold in your past, whatever pain you have been harboring and keeping locked in your body, That has affected you in so many ways. It has kept you from sleeping. It has you eating more than you think you should be eating or know you should be eating or drinking more than you should be drinking or has you thinking that you really don't belong or you're not all that good. Whatever hurt that you have been holding on to, don't let it hold you any longer. Put it in the tomb. Leave it there with the grave clothes. Recently, I taught the story of the three men in the fiery furnace from the book of Daniel, chapter 3. And something really stood out to me when I taught that account. So the men were told Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went into the fire wearing turbans, robes, and trousers. And we're told, Daniel makes a point of making sure that we understand that when they came out, they didn't smell of smoke, nothing was singed, their hair wasn't singed, their their clothes weren't burned or or scarred or, or, or anything. They were nothing. They were totally unharmed. Do you know what burned? The only thing that burned while they were in that furnace were the ropes that Nebuchadnezzar used to bind them. So before he threw them in the furnace, he tied them up. And then he threw them in. And while they were there, the only thing that burned were those ropes. Do you see what I'm saying? So many of us have painful ropes that are tied around us that we've been carrying Isaiah 43 verse 2 says, When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Satan loves to fan the flames. He loves to make us feel the hurt because he wants to make us ineffective. He doesn't want us to do all the work that God has for us to do. He does not want us to experience resurrection power. 
Let the ropes fall. Leave the hurt in the grave and rise up in resurrection power. Chris Tomlin has a song that's actually called Resurrection Power. And it says, Now I have resurrection power living on the inside, Jesus. You have given us freedom. I'm no longer bound by sin and darkness. Living in the light of his freedom, your goodness, you have given us freedom. And he goes into this bridge that is just freedom. You have given us freedom. My chains are gone. If you look at the video, Chris Tomlin is beating on the back seat of a car saying, freedom, you have given us freedom. My chains are gone. That resurrection power in us, that's God saying, you know what, that hurt? Mm-mm. That's not going to hold you down. You're not going to stay dead. Men, what can men do to you? I was reading in Psalm 55 today, and, and that is where um, David says twice, what can men do to me? And you know, they can hurt us. They can do a lot to us. They can take things away from us. They can beat us. They can kill our body, but they can't touch our soul. And that resurrection power in us, that's going to bring life to our soul. The, the video for Chris Tomlin's resurrection power, it ends with a man who he's been driving and clearly he's, you know, hurting from something and he ends up falling in a tub of water. And of course, we're supposed to be reminded of baptism. And, you know, really, truly, we don't think of our baptism enough because in our baptism, we are sealed with Christ and we are redeemed and marked as a redeemed child of God. And that means that we are his. That's where our identity is. It doesn't matter what anybody has done to us. It doesn't matter the pain that we have had. It doesn't matter anything, whatever it is. Those feelings of not being enough, of being too fat, too skinny, too uneducated, too whatever, too inexperienced, whatever those things are that have held you in a grave, let them go. Christ Christ did die. He did. He died, but he didn't stay dead. He rose from the dead. And now that power that was at work in him, that brought him back from the dead, that is in you. And that resurrection power is what is going to spur us on until we get to the riches of our inheritance, until we experience that sure and certain hope that we have right now. So my friends, this day is such an important day because what the disciples saw that first Easter when Jesus appeared in that locked room is the very same thing that we get to see. Christ conquering, Christ overcoming, and Christ coming to us and giving us that same freedom and giving us that same power. So I'm just going to pray for you now because I know that there are so many of you who have been hurting for a really long time. And dear Jesus, we just thank you 
We thank you for coming to earth to experience our pain, to walk in this world that is so often hurtful and that is not anything like what you had in heaven. Thank you for experiencing that so that now, as you are in heaven, interceding for us, you know exactly how we feel. Thank you, Jesus, for dying in our place and being our redemption, for doing what we never could, paying for our sins. Thank you for doing that, Jesus. And thank you for giving us that same power to conquer, to overcome, to get through all the things that would hold us down. Lord, let that power in us be of use to you. Help us to use that power to continue to spread your word to anybody who will hear us. Open hearts, open minds, so that we can store up for ourselves treasures in heaven. Jesus, in your holy, precious name we pray. Amen. This has been Little Things, because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things.